Part of our call too is, and I said this at the beginning, I'll say it again, is to be a church more like the city. There's something not just about the nations out there, but there's something here too that God is speaking to us about. And there's a huge ethnic, social, cultural diversity in the city, and we'd love to see more of that here amongst us. And in fact, we believe God's speaking to us, that we need to make room in our hearts for that. Uh, Because it does require change. Different, different situations. I mean, we've, we've, Joe and his assistant, Pastor Vinamzi, have been staying with Ruth and I this week. We've been talking through some of the kind of areas of cultural difference. And, and it's, it's fascinating, but can be quite challenging at times when you go to different nations and uh, have to eat different food or, or something. And, we, you know, we go to India and think, oh, it's, it's a bit hot and there's it's a bit too much rice. And they come the other way and think, oh, it's a little bit bland. <laughs> and, and, and that's a silly example, but there's, there's a cultural difference is rich and enjoyable but challenging at the same time and God wants to expand our hearts this morning so I just wanted if Joe would you want to come and speak to us Joe uh, leads a church in Bombay in Mumbai called Bombay Baptist Church it's been going for 107 years um, so he hasn't been leading for 107 years but uh, yeah and um, the the church uh, in Mumbai connected with our wider Salt and Light family we're part of an international network called Salt and Light connected with them about 35 years ago and um from Mumbai, they've planted out now 126 churches in India and beyond. Uh, God's doing something with them. and we, we, So we received Joe as not just a friend, but a, a significant ministry from India. We, can I encourage you to open your hearts this morning um, and he, uh, just allow God to speak to us as, as Joe speaks to us. Um, great. Joe. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Andy and Steve and the leadership team and it's a pleasure to be here with all of us. I think like uh, it's true, uh, as, as Andy was sharing about the theme, that uh, the church is a true family. And uh, as we come here and right now, like, uh, stay with Andy and Ruth, we really feel part of their home. Like, uh, so early morning, like we go down to their kitchen and make tea. Like, I think this would not be possible in any Indian home. Like if you go to another Indian home to stay, you know, in a sense, like to go down to their kitchen, of course, like they would serve us and all that. But to just feel at home, like, you know, that's, uh, uh, so that's what I've been sensing. So it's a great pleasure to be here uh, with all of us. I'll just pray and we'll begin. Father, we want to thank you for your presence here in our midst, Lord. And Lord, we once again remember that picture where Jesus comes in, Lord, and throws away everything, Lord, out of that temple. And he says, Lord, that uh, this temple, Lord, would be a house of prayer for all nations, Lord. And uh, Father, we pray that, Lord, uh, you would speak to us this morning. You would show your heart to us, Lord. And, Lord, uh, you will enable us to see, Lord Jesus, your heart for the nations, Lord. And something new. Lord, uh, would be birthed within us, Lord. We commit ourselves and this time into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen. Okay, now I, would, I just want to say that like church, in a sense, like has been very close to my heart. In a sense, I was part of another church before I became a believer. Uh, but I didn't understand the real meaning of church. And uh, everything for me changed when I understood this aspect of church 
uh, and I believe that uh, you know as we welcome people from various places, various nations and cities, uh, you know I believe that God has great things you know in store for them, you know as God would change their hearts too. I remember that when we used to go to church before I became a believer, uh, we would go to the church as as a group of friends because. We had to be there in the church because parents would ask us, you know, so it was a sin not to miss church. And so we'd all go together uh, to church. But uh, as we went to the church, we would all be standing outside the church. We were called the outstanding members of the church, like, you know, so we'd all be standing outside. And uh, in a sense, like we could hear the songs and we could hear the message. But the most important thing was that towards the last song, there was a kebab guy, like, you know, towards the corner. And he would start frying the kebabs. Like. So I, I don't know whether there was a tie-up with the priest and the kebab guy, because the timing was very per- perfect, like, you know, in a sense, like, so as the last song would go on, the kebab, the aroma of the kebabs would come and fill your nostrils. And it would almost feel like heaven, like, you know. <laughs> And, and before, before the song would get over, we would all move out of the church and go to the kebab guy. And then like, you know, he'll roll those kebabs in rotis, like, you know, and put some onion and chutneys and all that. And we would, and so, so we would say that was a great experience of being in church. Like, you know? <laughs> and uh, uh, so, but, you know, next week I would come and I would often think to myself, what was the sermon of last week? Like, you know, now, now we would think of like, you know, implementing those things that we've heard. Now forget implementing. We would not, you know, remember what was spoken also because we went there for a totally different uh, purpose. And that's how like for me, church was like, you know, so to please people, to be there. And it didn't make any difference in my life. But when I joined uh, a life church. When I receive Christ in my heart, you know, it, you know the understanding of church uh, changed my life. Right? I understood what a church is all about. And it's true what it says in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 14 and verse 27. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And so I, I began to understand that I'm part of this body. I have a role to play in this body. I am unique, you know, I'm needed, you know, and I'm connected to one another. And so, so, so God began to reveal those things in my life and my life began to change. Again, Colossians 1, 17 and 18, he is before all things and in him all things hold together and he's the head of the body, the church, he's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have supremacy. And so, so I understood that, you know, not only I'm connected to one another, but I'm connected to him. Like, you know, well, I draw life from him and we all draw life from him. He is the head, you know, and he's supreme, 
you know he rules right and i lead my life according to his direction his will and his thoughts and it completely changed my life so i realized it's not about fulfilling an obligation pleasing my parents and my family members you know so they would always say oh you know he's going to church he's a god fearing man like so that you know it had no meaning at all like you know <laughs> just going to church and becoming like a god fear me no no uh, so i understood it is not about fulfilling an obligation it's not about heaven going to heaven it's not about religion to please god it's not about pleasing my family and friends but i realize it it is to receive christ in my life and be connected to him you know to have him in my heart and be connected to him to continue to receive from him every day not a sunday only you know but to receive from him i need jesus and i need his connection i need his life in me every day you know so you know he loves me and i respond to his love daily i need to continue to receive him to be connected to others in this body you know to have a role to play in this body and to support others also in this body so those things like began to change my uh, heart and change my life so i understood church and that began to change my life i really appreciate my leaders like when i joined the church you know the way they welcomed me the way they gave a role for me to play the way they tolerated my mistakes and my weaknesses and because of which i could grow you know so that having a role to play that also kind of like changed my life i remember um, i'm a i'm a, a shy person i'm a introvert okay uh, i would find it difficult in a sense like when i was growing up i find it difficult to talk to people like you know of course god changes you when you're in in his kingdom he just changes you uh, so i find it difficult uh, to talk to people uh, when i would talk to people or when i would go for examinations my hand would sweat like so i had to go to the examination hall with a handkerchief otherwise i would find it difficult to write the answer paper so 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 that's the extent to which i would get nervous so when i joined a life church my pastor asked me joe i want you to lead worship okay so so i was really nervous and that was a small church a church of about 40 people and uh, so i said fine because i knew that if god is asking you to do something don't say no okay just step out in faith and god will enlarge you it doesn't matter if you do all kinds of mistakes that's fine but do it step out in faith so i said fine i'll do it so i led worship uh the first sunday you know so with all these 40 people uh, i led and then like uh, during the week uh, my pastor called me and uh, uh, so he said you joe you did worship very well like you know the only thing was that like you were exhorting the people to be joyful to be happy but your face was looking very sad like you know <laughs> so you need to be a good model because if you smile and if you're happy and if you're joyful you know then the people will also respond now i'm thinking you know 40 people are staring at me how do i smile like you know my my smile is gone like you know i'm nervous like you know you know i can't uh, so first of all i need to th- i need to know the tune of the song like you know and so so i need to come at the right pitch then i need to clap also like you know and then i need to look at people all, all are staring at me how do you smile so he said no no joe you can do it like you know so he gave me another opportunity to do it so so i led worship the second time 
And then after that, the next week, he again called me. He said, uh, Joe, you did well. You were smiling, but you're looking at the roof and smiling. Like, no? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, if I look at people, I'll be scared. Like, you know, looking at the ceilings. He said, no, 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 no. So you, know, you need to look at people. So I, I was thinking, like, how do you do that? Like, you know, the tune of the song, and you clap, like, and then you smile, and you look at people, like, you know. So, so he said, no, no, no. I, Joe, I think, like, you can do it. So he gave me another opportunity to lead worship. Another, and then I led worship. Then again, the next point, next time, he called me again. He said, you did well. You were smiling. You were looking at people. But the only problem was... You you were looking at me only. <laughs> now, now, I knew, even now I know he was sitting on my left. He was the only person who was very positive about me leading. Like, he said, yes, go on, you know, praise God. And, uh, I, I dare not look at all the others. Like, you know, <laughs> I'll forget everything. Like, you know. so, I, so I was thinking, how do you do that? Remember the tune of the song, you know, you begin to clap, like, and you smile at people, and then you move your head from left to right. Like, you know, how do you do all that? Like, you know, but he gave me another opportunity. And in, in those small steps, I began to grow. So I just want to say that, uh, you know, my life was completely changed. You know, as I became part of a church, someone welcomed me. It, it was home for me. Uh, they were patient with me. Uh, they bore with my weaknesses and helped me, encouraged me to grow. And that kind of completely changed my life. So I know that I not only gave my life to Christ, but I gave my life to serve the church and the kingdom of God, you know, because I became part of a church that welcomed me. So that kind of, kind of like completely changed my life. So I, I really appreciate the people who stood with me and my leadership also. Knowing that I have a role to play in the church completely changed my life. So we see the definition of the church. The Greek word is ecclesia. And that word is used there in Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church. That word is ecclesia. And that means assembly of called out people uh, and gave himself up for her. So chosen from all people to belong to his family not because of any merit of mine, but because of his precious blood that was shed for us on the cross. Nothing. Not my background, you know, not my experience, you know, not my state, language, whatever, but his merit. That equaled it, and he made me part of his family, chosen from all people, assembly called out of all people. The Hebrew word, that's Ephesians 5.25, the Hebrew word, is kahal, and that's given in Psalm 22 and verse 22, to summon in order to listen or to act. That's the meaning of the word kahal. And it says in Psalm 22, verse 22, I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. That word assembly. And so I was picked up, we are picked up, chosen you know, from all people to belong uh, to this family. And such an amazing thing we see over here. And so church is an assembly of called out people living in right relationship with him and one another, gathered with a view to hear and to do his will. Nothing 
more than that. Like all people gathered together under his name, under his fatherhood and connected to one another as brothers and sisters. And so, you know, that just helped me. Church is like, uh, okay, uh, so I've just written that it's not a building. So that, that it's relationship. It's not a building with a bell and a cross or a building that runs a school and social activities or a place managed by special attired priests, a place with special furniture and music or an auspicious gathering on sun- Sundays. But church is people, people, and it's all people from all tribe, tongue, nation, and language. You know, that is the church that he has called us uh, to belong to. I just thought like uh, it's good to see, look at some of the metaphors of the church so that it helps us in our understanding to know how do we function, how do we, how do, we do life together, how do we connect to people uh, just by understanding some of these metaphors. The first metaphor, uh, I've, I've just chosen three metaphors. The church is called the body of Christ. You know, so, so it's called the body of Christ where we read that verse in First Corinthians 12 that we are all members of this one body. And it says uh, another verse in Ephesians 1 and verse 22 to 23. It says, and God placed all things under his feet. And appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So, so we all are parts and each part is important. Each part is connected. Each part is unique and each part has a role to play. I remember that uh, one of our couples like this church we connect to kind of like and we have great friends with this church uh, in northern India in a state called Gujarat and we heard that it was about 15 years back that uh, this couple the the leading couple the pastor couple uh, they met with a car accident okay but uh, by God's grace their lives were saved and the wife was admitted to the hospital and we got news, I mean, we were praying uh, for her. We got news that gangrene was setting in, uh, in her leg. Like, and, and they were saying, please pray that she would not have her leg to be amputated. And so we were praying. So uh, by the grace of God, the gangrene did not come up. But they had to amputate her small toe, like from the right, like the small uh, toe. So that had to be amputated. Uh, and we continue, we praise God that she's fine and she came back from the hospital. And later on, like she was telling us that now I cannot walk fast. Because when I walk fast, I tend to lose my balance. Why? Because that small toe is not there. And I, I was thinking that sometimes, Lord, we think that is just an attachment, additional attachment. No, that small toe has a role to play, you know, in our body. And it is placed by God, you know, for a significant role to be played in our body. And that's so crucial. And I was just thinking, Lord, there are so many people who are seen up front in the church, you know, and we kind of see them, we appreciate them, we encourage them. There are so many others who work behind the scene. They play a small role but they play a unique role. They play an important role in the church. Even if it is like when you break bread and uh, you know they come to collect. The, we have cups there, small cups, and then bread, and we break bread in the cups. Even there are some people who come to collect those cups. 
they also play a crucial and an important role and that's what like uh, god's word says that is so uh, crucial so we become part of this body you know, and we become part of this body uh, not with an attitude what am i going to get from this body but we become part of this body to see what can we give to this body because we say lord that's what the verse says lord you gave your life you gave everything and so i want to be part of this body and i want to give also as you gave and so so we say we keep our posture in a way that sometimes we feel oh prayer is not very strong in this church and so that means god is speaking to us about the aspect of prayer you know if that's not strong then we are the right people to step in and make that area strong uh if 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 children's ministry that's an area that needs growth or momentum and god is speaking to us so we say okay i think god has given me the grace to step in you know and to see how that area can grow so we are always thinking we are part of this body we are always thinking about you know what can i give how can i participate how can i bless the church and that uh, is so crucial you know i remember that uh, one of my friends when i was studying in college we were moving from one class to the other and uh, and as you're moving from one class to the other you know you open the door so i was uh, the door kind of like was opening inside but somehow like you know i was lost in something i was trying to open it outside like you know so i came to the door so my friend was standing next to me and so i tried it two or three times so he stepped in and he just open the door like no and he gave me a stare <laughs> that stare said everything you dumb person <laughs> you don't know how a door opens like no and this uh, and he opened it so some so sometimes like you know when you're with people and so just gestures like you know uh, communicate so many uh, things but i know that when i became part of a church you know uh people gave me opportunities to do things which made me feel proud about it you know uh it it, it helped me to feel significant in god i remember my pastor said the first thing that i was supposed to do was wipe the chairs in the church <laughs> come early and wipe the chairs so i started wiping the chairs and my pastor came to me and said don't just wipe the chairs pray and wipe the chairs like you know pray that whoever sits on that chair that day will have an encounter with god you know they they will experience miracles they will have healing they will listen to the word of god their lives will be changed i said wow like you know you know just the menial task of wiping the chair it's become a a spiritual task it's become a worship unto god you know and so uh we started enjoying uh, that even if it was like just wiping uh, the chair so then like after we, when we passed that test of wiping the chair then we were upgraded like you know <laughs> to the overhead projector now we we know 
now we have the lcd and all that but make transparencies and the overhead projector there you know the next upgradation was pa system it was just one amplifier you know 100 amps and then two speakers and some mics so you were upgraded so slowly you became upgraded i want to say that i learned everything being in the church like it was not being i've i've worked 6 years outside in the construction line i have always seen i have taken things from the church and used it there rather than the other way around <laughs> like you know and i've learned everything here using computers you know doing events in the church like you know uh, social skills speaking also you know i'm sweating less like no no so god is in it <laughs> so everything so i want to just say that uh, that's the potential in the body of christ that when people come and we make them feel welcome and uh, they have a role to play even if it is small things and they grow in that you know their life uh, is changed and they are never the same again and so i want to just say that knowingly or unknowingly we are communicating something to people around us in the church sometimes it's with words and sometimes it's without words also and so we need to be uh, careful to be to welcome uh, to include to give a, a role work together and that makes uh, such a lot of difference i remember that we had a friend by the name nelson and he came from nigeria and when he was part of our uh, church very good uh, good guy but when he was part of our church he was involved in all kinds of you know things he was he was an addict he was a drug addict but he came to the church and he received christ and his life was changed you know? the only way i mean he could stay in india was to study because there was no other way to have a legal visa like you know and we said no don't do anything wrong don't do anything illegal if you have to study you study you know so he did it bachelor's in law then he did a masters in law then he did a masters in social work then he did at the bible college and then he did his phd i think about 15 to 18 years only study like you know <laughs> by the time he finished you know he he was i think about 58 like by the time he finished <laughs> but through that time through that time and the church stood together to help him you know and with small jobs you know with whatever needs that he had like you know and so he and he helped us in our lepers work we every sunday in church uh, after the service gets over in our in the porch outside portico outside we serve lepers about 20 to 25 lepers we give them a meal every sunday and he was the man in charge for that and he did it passionately and it was not easy to look after them because you know they're needy people and uh, so because they're needy they want to grab things they don't understand and and the volunteers were willingly and lovingly serving them they would get very frustrated but nelson served them and uh, i think about 3 or 4 years back you know there's no other way for him to stay back in india he had to go back uh, he had to go back to nigeria so we said nelson is fine i think you need to go back you know you can't stay for longer and so he came to me and he's telling me joe but i feel that you know i've not made money i've not become wealthy i've not become rich how can i go back to my people and my country when i'm not wealthy i said god has changed your life god has made you rich in christ jesus you know god has put that treasure in your heart so go 
you know, knowing that you are rich in Christ and go back to your land and be a blessing to your people. You know, you have nothing to lose. And so he kind of like moved on. But uh, that is a good joining uh, that God allowed to see him grow and move on to his land. Uh, so that's the body of Christ. Secondly, the family of God. The family of God. We are called to be the family of God. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it is fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make uh, the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. And so that's so true. Like church is the family of God. It's not a meeting place, but it's home for us. Back home, like uh, we used to do something. And now thinking about it, we know it was a scary thing. Like uh, when visitors would come, we would ask them to stand up. And uh, then the whole church would look at them. And then the person who was announcing would say, so church, what do we tell our new friends? So yeah, the whole church in one voice would say, make this your church. Everybody will be startled. Like, no, 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 no. They all stand up. Now we have stopped it. <laughs> you know, first of all, newcomers to stand up, it's a little bit difficult. Like, you know, uh, and then you hear the whole church is bouncing on them. Like, you know, make this your turn. Make that decision today. <laughs> so, so we're kind of putting pressure on them. So we, we've stopped that. <laughs> we stopped that. And we said, like, if you've come new, you can just wave your hand and, you know, uh, a welcome pack will be given to you. And, but we had one of the visitors, and so he was experiencing all this. And he, he, he's from the States, and he was telling us, you don't need to do that. Like, because when I stepped into the church for the first time, I felt the warmth of fellowship here in this place. You know, as I just worshipped, I felt the warmth of God. You don't have to do all those things, no? The way you have tea and coffee and samosas. We have samosas, you know, snacks, or yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, those are better samosas than here. You know, no. <laughs> Many of them would travel long distances, an hour and a half, and so for them, samosa is their breakfast, like <laughs> after service, like so, so. So, so yeah, we don't need to do many things, but as we gather together in Christ, we know that we are one and we connect to one another. And so the mandate for us also is that like that people who come would become part of this home and would become part of this family. God will enable us to do that. And that's the mandate that God would uh, require of us. I remember that uh, my pastor saying, you know, we have people from different states you know, in, our, in our church. And it, the natural tendency can be that when you finish service, I'm from Kerala, from South India. Like, you know? So when you finish, then you can go to your Kerala group, like, you know, in a sense, like, you know, and then you can start speaking in Malayalam. Like, that's the native language. Because when you speak in your native language, you, you, have, you feel a direct heart connection. Like, you know? So my pastor said, Never do that, like, you know, right from the beginning. Have a common language that you will speak in church so that we don't form cliques, we don't form groups, okay, and we don't discriminate anyone. We'll speak in a common language. And sometimes people from my state, they've got offended with me. Joe, you, know, you spoke to us in English? Like, I said, yes. We have only one thing in common, and that's not language, that is Christ. The blood of Christ is something that is common. 
for us. So irrespective of which state they come from, but we belong to this one family and we will not discriminate anyone. No single group is special. We are all special. And so church is the family of God. Uh, One of the last year, like one of the couples, uh, Solomon and Anu, like who who were part of our church, uh, they were married for six years. And uh, they were not having children. Uh, they were praying for children, and we were all praying for children. And so she delivered uh, a baby boy. Uh, uh, but uh, after the delivery, uh, in medical terms, they, they say that like the myconium fluid had gone into the stomach of the child, and so that is almost like uh, poison. Like, and so, uh, so, so the child had to be in the uh, NICU. And uh, so suddenly, I mean, he was in another place. He works for the Navy, Indian Navy. He had to come and then see the child. And the first people that he called was leaders, Binamzi and, and another colleague, pastor. They went there, prayed for them. And the, and the doctors had said that day that we've done all that we can. Like, you need to just trust God. You need to just pray. You know, that was a, and so we began to pray as a church. You know, for the next, like, two to three weeks, we began to pray. And after two weeks... We saw God touching that child, and that child was out of the NICU. And then after about a week or so, week or 10 days, the child was discharged uh, from the hospital. And he came with his whole family to church one day after the child was discharged. And he said, I thought when I heard the news of the child being born, I thought I would come in like a hero. No? And embrace my child and say, this is my child. This is my blood. But today... God has shown that I am not the hero. He is the hero. You know? He has touched you know, my child and healed my child through the prayers of this family. You know? And I want to give glory and honor to God. That is a wonderful testimony his, with his parents. You know? And uh, so that's the joy of being part of one family. And finally, uh, before the last one, and we're called the nation of God. We're called to be the nation of God. So we are the family of God. We are the body of Christ. Okay? Where each person has a significant role to play. And so, uh, so God would give us, so we need to pray that God would give us grace that every person who comes in would be able to find their role in the church, would find life in the church, would find growth uh, in their church, in the church. And secondly, the body Uh, The family of God, the second aspect was a family of God, that they would feel the warmth of being part of this family and grow in that family. And thirdly, we call to be the nation of God. It says in uh, 1 Peter 2 and verse 9 to 10, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into wonderful light. Once you are not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We are a holy nation. Now, though from dif- maybe from different countries, but we are one nation in Christ, chosen by His uh, precious blood, made one in Him as one nation. Exodus, the next verse, Exodus. Uh, 9 and verse 5 to 6, it says, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the earth is mine, the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the 
Israelites. So in Christ, we are one nation. You know, and we are part of this one family. I know that uh, we have a family that stays in Leeds. And uh, the lady was part of our church. She's married to a person from another faith. She's been there, I think, for about, uh, about seven years now. But it was only two years back uh, when we connected her to Richard Colebrook's church. <laughs> she said, that was family for me. <laughs> now, though I'm from a different culture, from a different country, but I felt at home you know, uh, in this family. And she, she struggled for the last five years, but till she found a place uh, where you know people from different places could be one in Christ. So now Richard Colbrook says, whenever I am supposed to come to India, she prepares me for India. She gives me food and gradually increases the spice level. Like, <laughs> so that so that so that Richard is ready for his trip to India. No? Uh, so we're going to see. Her, like uh, in about 10 days time, we're going to uh, see her. But, you know, we were so glad uh, that she could, you know, be part of the church. She felt one, though she came from uh, a different uh, country. So just to close uh, uh, by saying, uh, sharing about, you know, another person. Uh, we had uh, a person by the name David Willow, and he came from Sudan. Uh, and it was a difficult time that he was going through there in his country. And so he came to India to study. And when he came, he came to the church and he received Christ. Uh, very tender, passionate person, loving uh, person. Uh, God uh, changed his life. He did Bible college, you know, in our place. You know, and then he married an Indian girl, like who was part of the Bible college in my batch. Like, huh? And uh, so they were married uh, together. They did face a lot of difficulties, you know, but they felt the support of the church. Uh, there was no way for him uh, to continue in India. So he migrated to Canada as a refugee over there. And when he went over there, the job that he got was uh, in a meat factory, you know, uh, cutting meat. So that's how he started. And then he began to work in a church over there, felt the support of the church. He learned carpentry skills, like in the church, slowly began to grow in the skills and grow in the church also. Uh, and uh, what he did was that as his, as his finances grew, he began to take, uh, buy totally dilapidated homes, and because he was skilled in carpentry, he began to renovate those homes and then began to give those homes on rent. And over a short period of time, like he bought about three homes, renovated them and gave it uh, to people on rent. And that's how he supported his family and his family back home in Sudan. Okay? And slowly he began to uh, grow in the church, he became an assistant pastor, he became a pastor there. And right now, he's in central Canada looking after the Victory Church over there. And that church has about 40 nationalities in that church. And they both, this couple is looking after uh, this church. So I was just thinking, just looking at them. One person, husband from one nation, wife from another nation, serving in another nation. Like, you know, and serving you know, 40 other nationalities. You know, that's the way you know, God can touch and change uh, lives. And that's so amazing uh, to be part of this family of God, to be part of this church. So as, we, as I just close, I would say that uh, church is the body of Christ where 
anyone from outside can come in and find a role to play in this body of Christ, can feel that connection with God and with one another. Church is the family of God, where we are, you know, though we are from different places, yet we feel the warmth of one family. And I think church is one nation. You know, though from different nations, we are one nation. We are called to be one nation. And we are called to be a blessing to many nations. I know that OCC has that tradition, uh, you know, over the years to be a sending church. And my prayer is that, like, you will continue to be a sending church, a welcoming church and a sending church also. Thank you. Brilliant, Joe. Thank you. One body, one family, one nation. There's a, I just love some of those stories. There's a provocation in there to be uh, just looking to embrace people as they come into our family. Uh, Isaac, can you put that, um, just walk across the room picture up, please? As, as I was preparing for this morning, I was sort of asking God for what the response we were to make to what Joe's been speaking to about, and this, this whole thrust of you know, looking out for the nations. Some of you might know this series of resources produced by one of the churches in America called Just Walk Across the Room. It's a very simple, it just came back to mind as I was praying about this morning, really. It's a very simple book. Matey says, the first step to befriending people is to just walk across the room. I mean, it does what it says on the tin, really. I, I just wondered whether this week at work or in community, in our communities or schools or wherever we find ourselves, there's... I wonder if God would highlight someone who's perhaps, you know, someone you know is an acquaintance, and he would lead you to just walk across the room and have a conversation. It doesn't have to be a deep conversation. Even just the first conversation is the start. And uh, I wanted to just offer that as a possible response. Um, maybe even God's put someone on your heart now. Um, but this, this thing of welcoming people into family, it doesn't just happen. It starts as we take a step, take a step out of our comfort zone, and towards people. So I just want to encourage that. Josh, could you come up?